It's been said by the great philosopher from Catskill, New York, Michael Gerard Tyson, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And everyone in the local area around the Very Terrible Podcast got punched in the mouth with a Category 5 hurricane. We've been gone for two months. Uh, We'll get into everything as best we can. We've got Gators games. We've got chaos and hurricanes. And we've got what's coming up next in the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's the Very Terrible Podcast. So it's been two months, and we've been gone. Uh, The last time we were all together, we were getting ready for football season, and we had uh, bought tickets to the Florida Gators game. And uh, there's so much to catch up on. So, so much. It's been two months. And we've been away, not willingly and not of our own choice, for two months. So I'm going to attack everything in just chronological order. I guess that's probably the best way to do it. Um. Yeah, so when we left the show last, we were doing very terrible predictions, going into college football. B-Spike on the mic was knocking out home runs left and right with her football picks, doing nothing more than picking the opposite of me, which really speaks volumes of high uh, gambling ability and gambling skill. But uh, yeah, so we bought these, we bought some tickets to Gainesville, and uh, we're going to go see the uh, America's team, the USF Bulls, take on the Florida Gators up at Gainesville at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. And we had a really, really great package put together. We got uh, hotel room game tickets had you know i overly planned it with an itinerary and schedule of fun because you can't have fun unless it's regularly scheduled and um so we we get together and we go through our big football trip and it was just uh beast bike and i you know doing a father-daughter thing up there had no idea what we we're going into i've i've seen gainesville on a map and i we drive to tampa all the time going up to gainesville was twice as long you know, two hours up to Tampa, another two hours out up to Gainesville. This is where you find out that Florida has hills, which I thought was really interesting. You know, you drive for flat for so long down here in the southwest corner of the state. We get up to the, up in there and we're, you know, the middle of the state, I guess I'd call it. And then, you know, up in Gainesville, and there's just there's hills. My God, hills I haven't seen since I left New York State as a kid. But, uh, you know, you know, we get all the way up there and we find our hotel that... Most, with most other hotels, they, they look great on paper. Beautiful hotel. My God, it was a sweet, uh, large bedroom, you know, living room area, personal kitchen. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. And you, know, you get up, we, we, we get it there to the, uh, you know, as soon as you hit the front counter. And this is our first away game experience. And we really, you know, swung for the fences on the away game experience. Because not only did we go to an away game as USF fans, we went to an away game of more than likely one of, if not the most popular team in Florida. So, you know, a, a cult following, nothing short of a cult following into this small, quite shitty looking little city of Gainesville. And uh, everything revolves around that campus. All of their economy, you know, all of the economy of that just flows right from the campus. We get up there, we check in, and the first thing out of their mouth, well, who are you rooting for? Oh, son of a bitch. Okay, yeah, so you know, we we told a few people we're rooting for the Bulls, and they boo us as we go to our room. <laughs> uh, you know, we get to our room, we get to the door, which is held together. It's been worked on. You could just tell it, you know, the, the the knob was loose and the hinges were loose, and it it made me feel good that uh, you know it, Bella and I were just together, and you know it was going to be fine. So 
Uh, we get up to the room and it was fine. You know, it had a kitchen. The fridge was broken. Uh, that wasn't as big as anywhere near the pictures. Had the. I wish she were here to. I wish she's out. She's out with her friends tonight. But I wish she were here to tell you about this bed. We'll have to bring it up on a future episode. This bed was like laying on plywood, but she loved it. She thought this is the greatest bed ever, and it's like the Hilton series, you know, uh, baseline bullshit model that they put in all their hotels. So she sits on this mattress, and I'm figuring the first thing I'm going to do is hear a complaint. And she smiles from ear to ear and says, I love this mattress. It's the best. So much to my surprise, that's that's the way that started, which was fantastic. Um, otherwise, that, it had everything we needed. It had a pool. It had the room. You're not there for the hotel room anyway. Uh, we met uh, Dave up there from the original Jason and Dave's Very Terrible Podcast. Dave met us up there. And uh, he had a room, I think it was on the other side of the hotel. Same hotel, same everything. Uh, Dave travels a lot for his work, so you, he used points and things like that, so he didn't have to pay much out of pocket to get, do all this little trip. Uh, we get up, you know, the first day, you know, the day, it's, it's pretty much the day before the games when we get up, we go to the day of the game, it's a night game, and then we go home the next morning. So during the day before the game, we explore the city. Uh, Dave's wife... Uh, graduated college up there. So she was able to give us pointers and tips and where to go and where to eat. Fantastic tips, too. Without these tips, I would definitely never go back. But she was able to point us in the right direction of these fancy little pizza places and, and things like that, where to go. Uh, we went shopping up at a Target, uh, had lunch at a restaurant, and it is just the proverbial college town. I mean, every... This is where all the kids go when their parents are away. I'm sure there's not a dress code anywhere because if there was a dress code, it would be bikini tops and uh, and and grass skirts, and the guys just walk around topless all day. And that's just it. Inside, outside, restaurants, targets, doesn't matter. Everyone is college kids age and naked, so God bless them, they can still pull it off. Um, so that was good. You know, we we had a, a delicious pizza dinner at this little hipster pizza place, and I'll try to get pictures up on the uh, Facebook page. Um. Yeah, you know, go through, have a delicious pizza, all this stuff. And then, you know, it's, it's going to be time to go get ready for the game. So we get uh, Ubers because I don't know much about this. I mean, the only research we did was we were able to go on to the Ticketmaster and a couple of little websites here and there. And they have a, a bus, I think it was called the Gatorator or something like this. And it's four or five stops around the city and a school bus, you know, real big bus, but a bus takes you back and forth if you don't feel like parking. Uh, we used Uber, which was also interesting in and of itself, because whether I, it's geographic or whether I'm spoiled, I you know you expect to get a clean car with a halfway normal driver. So we get into this first one. It's a it's a beat up 1990 Chevy Impala that hasn't been vacuumed since the 1990s, with a with a man who is so into telling us about his barbecue business that he he went like this back ass route and got us halfway completely lost. But needless to say, uh, Dave from the podcast runs a page called um, Florida Man Barbecue, and you can look that up on Facebook. Florida Man Barbecue is Dave and, and all the stuff that he does with his grills and smokers and and recipes he has. So this guy is going off about his barbecue business, and it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And Dave doesn't say a word, just going with the flow. He sits there like, uh huh, uh huh. All of his pictures we got the car. He's like, yeah, it's crap. <laughs> so this guy, he's so proud of himself. He didn't care about even this. He actually. Parked, and I, I guess I understand why, because when you're doing Uber, you got to get more customers. But he only got us like a mile away from the stadium. Like we wanted to go to the stadium, he got us a mile away. Either way, had a uh, a fun walk, 
um, going through the uh, fraternities, sororities, you know, dorm housing, all the way up into Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, which I'd learned before uh, we got there that it's just a it's a huge stadium and I'm really looking forward to keep taking these trips to see some of these other ones. So we've been spoiled with Raymond James, Raymond James seats about 66 to 68,000 people, premier NFL, yada, 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 yada. Um, and I went, Oh, okay, well it's got a bunch of people in it. And when we go to bulls games, it's never full. So you never really get the full effect of I've, I've been to bucks games where they've been full and you can feel the, the power of the people in there. And we get to, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, and you know we get there very early, which is always my style to do. Very early, we we get there and um, you know do a 360 of the stadium, take pictures, do all the the fans stuff that they say. Hey, while you're here, you got to try. Uh, very uh, minimal. I don't even know what to call it. Like swag tents. They have these the, the tents that when you go to Raymond James, it's a huge area, just like. Verizon, AT&T, all the corporate sponsors. Everybody's got a tent and giveaways and games and parties and all this other crap. Very few up at Gainesville. I don't know just because they realize that the college kids don't have much money or whatever it is, but they had uh, just a very small handful of tents. We go through, we get a few things. Uh, we hit the fan store. Yeah, there was really nothing over the particular in there. Uh, fun fact, uh, we had to decide how to dress. So going back to our earlier experience when we were in the, the hotel getting ready to check in and being booed at the check-in desk, I thought to myself, okay, well, the idea is I'm here to see an away game. I'm here to watch a football game, regardless of who's playing. Yes, we're, we're Bulls fans, but at the same token, I don't feel like getting into a fight with drunk college kids when it's just my daughter, my buddy, and I, and or my, you know, and we're all just kind of sitting here, and I don't feel like going to jail. So we're going to dress up in very base-neutral gatorish colors. So, I mean, I picked a plain blue T-shirt, with what the hell did I have on uh, khaki shorts and uh you know and I think I had an old Gators visor from when I first moved to Florida I pulled out of the back of the closet for just this day now if you remember from the old podcast days when Eric was on the show uh Eric was all he's a huge Gators fan drabbed in Gators garbage there so I was just a novelty I always kept that so I had my Gators visor blue t-shirt and khaki shorts um B had on she had on just something completely not even the team colors whatsoever. And Dave had on Gator stuff. He's a Gators fan. So he had on a blue shirt and his Gators hat. Um, you know, we get in line and just by chance, and what a wonderful opportunity this one was. Uh, we, we sat, we lined up at the gate that is in front of the player's entrance. So you know, tradition, and like you know when you're going to these bigger colleges, they've got traditions and uh you know, little rituals and things that they do. And, and the Bulls really don't. They have a couple of little songs that they sing. There's the, uh, they drop the kids off the bus. Uh, same thing, Gators drop the kids off the bus. It's flooded with people. I mean, just flooded with people. And uh, let's see, the head coach's name is Billy Napier, I think it is. And, you know, he just walks right up next to us and, you know, very nice. And, you know, all the players come in dressed in their suits and the parents, some of the parents are there and all that sort of stuff. It was really cool to see everybody up close. And then you realize just the size difference and you know being we've met the bulls a few times they're bigger than me they're bigger than everybody the adults we know but then you get to these other kids at a bigger school and man they're monsters and you're just like oof this is not going to go well for the bulls um they go in I'll see that the the joy of having the joy of having uh your phone hooked up to the podcast is you're going to hear dings because that's how that goes um yeah, so all the players make their way in. We're going to be the first ones in the gate, on and on and on. And in typical 
very terrible podcast fashion, something has to go wrong. So the, the one of the ticket scanners on the way in takes a dump. It has to be the one for our line. They expect us to go just pick another ticket scanner and go back in line. Well, here's the problem is everybody wants to get in. Nobody wants to let you in. You literally have to push and shove to get your ticket scanned to get in to get to the stadium. Push, shove, get everybody in. Okay, fine. So we're going to our seats. Now, what happened was on this is that I purchased tickets in one corner of the stadium where Dave had his tickets that were given to him by his boss over on the other side of the stadium, which were really, really nice seats. They had them. I think we were in the upper decks. Dave was in the lower bowl area. So in doing this, you know, we got to our seats. And once again, I'll put all the pictures that we can find that are relevant up on Facebook. Um, this is my first time in, in this stadium. So this stadium seats 88,000 plus. So now you're looking at an extra at least twenty to 25,000 people on top of what I would, ex- would have experienced in a full Raymond James. And this place was full. This place had full and they were excited to be there. And uh, what they were going to thought, what they were going to walk into, like in this nice, easy game. Uh, walked over, sat in Dave's seat for a while, take some pictures, walked back over to our seats. Now, um, Emily Arena is Tampa Bay hockey. And in Emily Arena, a hockey arena, at least from my experience, man, when they build these things, there's a pitch. There's a bit. You walk into a hockey arena, you feel like you're going to fall into the ice half of the game if you're up in the upper decks because they've got to pitch it in such a way where you can get that many seats in and still be able to see the the ice. Well, I'll be damned. This this is the football stadium is the same way. Walk, you know, go out on the outside of the stadium to the upper deck, three, four, five stories up in the air, and you walk out, and the vertigo just hits you, and you feel like you're going to fall into the field. It was absolutely amazing, but just a giant monstrous stadium. It's just more. They put a seat absolutely everywhere, so anyone and everyone can fit in. So we had to go through, take our pictures, do our things, and just I was shocking awe. Really shocking awe. So um, that was kind of cool. And, you know, they, they get in and everybody sits in their seats. And then all of a sudden, like, you can feel the building shaking. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And, you know, and everybody starts getting up and getting excited. On big plays, you'd feel the building shaking. I thought that was really cool. Just the, the way you can get you know, that many people into one place and have it all work out. But um, they get this thing, and I've got the audio from it. Now, this is going to be off of YouTube, so I'm sure I'm violating all kinds of uh, copyright laws, but I don't care. They got this thing called Mr. Two Bits. I have no, I didn't know this was coming. This thing is Mr. Two Bits. They get, they, they announce, all right, everybody, it's time for Mr. Two Bits. And everyone starts going apeshit wild. I'm like, what the fuck is a Mr. Two Bits? Well, they get this guy come out. And apparently uh, the, the the longer version of the story, which I had to do research on after I was back is, um, I think it was the 1970s. They didn't have much of a following. This guy who named himself Mr. Two Bits comes up and does this chant. And over the years has become a, part of the staple of their tradition and, and rituals and things that they do. So every game, because the original Mr. Two Bits is passed on, there's an honorary Mr. Two Bits. So they get in and they've got this tennis player. I have no idea who the hell he is, but apparently he's a tennis player. He graduated out of Florida and he must be pretty decent. Everyone is losing their minds that this tennis player is here. Oh my God, it's whatever the hell his name is. This guy walks out. He's wearing a t-shirt with a tie on it. And this is going to be the audio. Now, the audio we got is for the day that Steve Spurrier did this six years ago, I guess. So he was, they, they come out, uh, the guy gets out and there's mannerisms that he does. So this this Mr. Two Bits, whoever it is that day, wearing a yellow shirt with a red tie design on it. It's not even an actual tie. Goes up and he points to one side and they go, two bits. And then they go to the other side, four bits. And then you just, they do this little song and dance. And if you get time, just type it into YouTube, uh, Mr. Two Bits Skaters or some shit. 
I was blown away. I'm like, what in the hell is this? So here's the audio from Two Bits. So that's that's what that is. It's this ridiculous ass thing. Like I said, he gets up in there and he points it one way, and it's two bits, four bits, six bits, a dollar, all for the Gators. Stand up and holler. They are losing their minds over this tennis player doing this. But it was kind of cool, and then it made me realize how much the USF has to catch up on. Like at least they've got something. At least they've got a two bits. We've got nothing. We don't even have a head coach anymore. So, but I thought that was interesting. That was kind of cool, you know. And, as the game went on, and just a quick wrap-up of the game, uh, the Bulls really did. The Bulls, minus the two field goals that they screwed up, would have won the game, which was absolutely great because at least that way we got out of there being able to enjoy it and, and not having to worry about fights and everything else because all the Gators fans that were there, one, most of them left early, and you know the other half didn't want to talk about it. Uh, I think the Gators only won by a couple points. So it was just a, it was a fantastic game, fantastic experience. Uh, yeah, it was a long drive, but absolutely worth it. Uh, some quality father-daughter time, and uh, you know, hopefully we can get back to uh, traveling again next football season. So shortly thereafter, which brings us to the next you know fun event that's happened since we've been together last, is that um, you know the football game's going okay. The football game is over next week. Whatever. All of a sudden, oh, there's a hurricane coming. Okay, no big deal. And uh, yeah, so you'll be able to look back in the history books on this one for Hurricane Ian hitting Southwest Florida. Uh, it was a monster, you know, and it was, it was one of those hurricanes that, no, it's hurricane season. We had a whole quiet hurricane season, very hot summer. All of the flags were there. Nobody really paid attention. At least I know I didn't. Um, you know, okay. You know, the, the, the charts come out, it's coming right for Southwest Florida. I'm like, well, this is fine because whenever the chart first comes out, most times it is way off and it'll move and it'll go one way or the other. And you're going to be fine. You're almost root for yourself to be in the first chart because the first chart's always wrong. Well, I'll be damned. The first chart was about spot on. Now it did its song and dance where it was going for Southwest Florida. Then it's going for Tampa. Then it's going for Tallahassee. And there's a son of a bitch in cold front that came straight down out of Georgia and it took it and it shoved it directly to the right when it was lateral to us. And, uh, complete Armageddon is the only way I could describe it. Um, working for the fire department, we stayed there for, I want to say it was three days straight and then a modified schedule. And it's just, you know, there, there's nothing that could do it justice. We can put up pictures. We can hope, hopefully people share stories, but just absolute and utter destruction, you know, and it came at night. Uh, it, it was dark out, you know, the whole day you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And the the thing hits, um, everything was wiped out. Absolutely. Everything, power, water, internet, cell phone, Everything gone. I mean, it was absolutely gone. Um, Roadsides gone. People's houses flooded. If you ever look at the city of Cape Coral on a map, it's just a peninsula. And and the bottom third of the peninsula was just gone. You know, and it's been a a hell of a trip. It's been one hell of a rebuild. Uh, You know, a lot of negatives, but some positives came out of it. Um, We at the house here were really lucky. You know, very minimal, minimal damage. Uh, today I think is the two month. Yeah. Today's the two month anniversary of that 
fucking storm. And uh, two months later, uh, minus some cosmetics, you know, some paint, all of our repairs are done. You know, uh, power came back so soon. And the linemen, uh, you know, LCEC, FPL, everybody that came from around the state, around the country to, to help out, did a, an outstanding job. Absolutely outstanding. To the, you know, They were staged before it came in, knowing it was going to come. Um, you know, you, you, we went, I, I think, I'd say it was probably a week, week and a half without power. And the thing is, we had Hurricane Irma in 2017. I remember Hurricane Irma. I thought the power was out even longer than this one was, but the destruction was nowhere near what we had on this one. Um, yeah, so like the, the linesmen were really the, the truest of all the heroes during all this. Uh, you know, got our power back relatively soon. Internet was quite an issue, quite an issue. There will be people still, as we do this two months later, there are people still without Internet. Um you know, houses that have been wiped out, destroyed, obviously don't have power. Um, yeah, I mean, they told us originally the, the forecast for us to get internet back was going to be February. So uh, for us to be able to get this podcast back up and running today on uh, November 29th is just a huge deal. And uh, all the credit to those those people. They are just monsters. You know, they, they just stay day and night and work around the clock and just haven't, nobody stops. It's amazing. But uh, yeah, ultimate uh, ultimate destruction. Never seen anything like it. Hope to never see anything like it again. Uh, you know, I have friends that are on the south side of the city that just don't have homes anymore. There's, you know, there are houses that are gone, restaurants that are gone, buildings that are gone. The, uh, if you ever look into the city of Fort Myers Beach, it is gone. It, it, you know, the, everything that was on or near the water became part of the water. Um, yeah, Mother Nature's pissed. So Mother Nature's pissed at us, and she gave us a punch in the mouth. And just like we said earlier, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And it's time for Plan B. Um, but so very fortunate. You know, uh, we've got such good family, such good friends. Uh, a huge shout-out to uh, our family, uh, Josh Berry, who owns South Florida Lift Stations. So free plug-out to South Florida Lift Stations, who was able to uh, take in Lori and Bella and the dog. Uh, while I was away at work and uh, just took care of them. I mean, they you know, they had everything ready to go. They were very, very prepared, and the, they are the best pre- preparing people I've ever met. So they, they did a great job. They took care of uh, me while I needed a place to stay and when the days I get, did get to come home. So they took me in. They took the girls in. They took the dog in, and just the most wonderful people. So special shout-out to them. And if you need any lift station help, call Josh at South Florida Lift Stations. And I don't have the number quite handy, but we'll look it up. Um, yeah, so that's what we've been up to. It's been quite a challenge. It's been uh, very humbling, to say the least, to, you know, not realize all of the things we took for granted. And now to make sure that every day you wake up thankful that you, you have what you have and uh, you get another shot at in the batter's box at life. Um, yeah, so the, the, the fire service was under a huge challenge. Fire, police, utilities, the, the water department was just getting just hammered because not only did people not have electric, then they didn't have water. And then once they got in the water, somehow they couldn't get the lift stations to run, so they had to put generators on lift stations. We had sewer in the streets. It was just just absolute and utter chaos. But two months later, we're, we're getting back to looking like a city. Stoplights are still completely screwed up. 
you know, there's some things that are, you know, the road signs are still twisted. Every stop sign is sideways. I don't know how everyone just turned 90 degrees and not 180 or whatever it was, but yeah, a lot of opportunities still left, a lot of work still left to do, but everybody's uh, got an all-in mentality getting uh, getting everything done. So we're really glad you, uh, we're back here with you. And as always, uh, we've got our email, jdvtpodcast at gmail.com, Facebook page, uh, Instagram page, and all kinds of good stuff. Otherwise than that, I'd, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, let us know what we can do, if you have any topics you want to talk about, anything like that. Uh, once again, we're so thankful to be here with you and to be back. It is uh, just me by myself today, and it's been very terrible podcast.